Introducing the Soul Collection by Brilliant Earth, the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. From pave rings to star-studded bracelets, each piece made with recycled gold or silver and beyond conflict-free diamonds, embodies Brilliant Earth's commitment to design, craftsmanship, quality, sustainability, and transparency. Drawing inspiration from the warmth and energy of the sun, soul is more than jewelry. It's an expression of your personality. The Soul Collection, exclusively at Brilliant Earth. Be light, be you. New on Curiosity Stream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Welcome back to the Stochastic.com. MMA strategy shows are here to get you ready for UFC Vegas 58, which goes down on Saturday evening inside the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Myself and P, we're going to break this slate down for you over the next hour or so as we get through 12 fights. Of course, we were at 11 fights. Fight got out a little earlier on this week. David Onama, who had lost his opponent. Now he uh, takes on a UFC newcomer, Garrett Armfield, a guy that I am very familiar with. So we'll break this one down for you. Of course, as always, I'm joined by the fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. Good afternoon, Pete. How you doing, bro? What is going on? Um, another card that I'm excited about, honestly. And uh, I can't wait to see Rafael Fazeev against Rafael Dos Anjos and some other interesting uh, fighters as well. Like, I'm happy to see David Onama back in the cage, truthfully. Like, I, I think that this kid's got the goods. Yeah, it's uh, the physique fight, man. We're, we're going to talk about this one. I'm really oh, yeah. looking forward to see uh, how this thing is going to play out, especially being over 25 minutes. This is actually a third time these two have been paired up together. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Later on the show, we'll talk about some props that we like over there at Prize Picks. But, Pete, you know, I want to talk a little bit of uh, strategy before we even kind of go into breaking down the fights. And I, I know there's all we can have, you know, people coming into the show that maybe this is their first time checking out. Maybe they're just kind of diving in to MMA DFS for the first time. And when we're talking about DraftKings, which here on the strategy show, we primarily talk about DraftKings because the FanDuel salaries are not out. So it can be kind of tough to break down the, the FanDuel slate. But in terms of DraftKings, my strategy is fairly simple, Pete. It's A, me thinking about how I think these fights are going to go. And then, like, I'm looking of who can score knockdowns, who can score takedowns, who can score control time. Because, you know, the one of the things is, and there's always going to be a fire two on a card that you say, you know, man, it's going to primarily play on the feet. If it plays on the feet, we have no knockdowns, no, no takedown. That score may not be ideal. Yeah. So obviously, you have to, um, start your process with the scoring system. And for DraftKings, it definitely tailors wrestlers, grapplers, or quick finishers. So you have to sit there and think about which fighter are you most comfortable? This is how I start, right? Like, I'm like, okay, who could possibly break the slate or who I think is, is going to score a hundred plus points because we, we want all of our fighters to get a hundred plus points, but you, you should start at a very comfortable spot. Uh, especially like, uh, for instance, the main event, right? You know that they have five rounds to work with, 25 minutes to rack up a ton of points, more opportunities to get points and opportunities to finish the fight. Um, if there's a wrestling element, you definitely love that because it boosts the totals over on DraftKings. And also the process for me is um, combining the tools that we have on stochastic.com 
with some actual fight, you know, fight breakdowns as well, thinking which fights can end inside the distance. We want best inside the distance odds and best inside the distance fighters. And sometimes it's volatile, right? We, we see it where it's like, mm-hmm. man, the loser of this fight is going to going to score single digits. But we do have a good feeling that this is this under one and a half is extremely live and the winner is going to be a part of the optimal lineup. And look, we have the best tools and data in the business over at stochastic.com. And the thing that I'm always, I'm exporting out every event I did earlier on today was that top fighter tool going, looking at that tool. And and there's certain things that I'm going to look at. Obviously ownership is the very first thing that I'm looking at because I'm saying, where can I get leverage on the field? What are the fights that aren't getting a ton of ownership? They might be fights that, are very or could you could go you don't have a lot of faith in let's just let's say it like that mm-hmm. this week that fight is jared van der versus chase sherman oh, you know the ownership is low on both sides of that equation as we sit here on thursday but that is going to be a fight that i target also when i'm looking at that top fire tool i'm looking at top six percentage greater than 100 points percentage because when we talk about DraftKings side of the equation here, to me, it's the race to 650 every week. It doesn't matter what, you know, how many fights are on my general thought processes. I got to get the 650 points to be able to take down these big GPP. So at top fire tool, if you're not a stochastic plus member, I tell you it's, it's you got to take advantage of it. We'll talk about a deal we have here in a little bit. Of course, if you're not a stochastic plus member and you want to get a little peek what's behind the paywall, today's free premium data and tools are MLB player projections. So be sure to check out that over at stochastic.com. As I mentioned, we'll talk, talk about a special we, do we have going on right over at stochastic.com here. Very shortly, but Pete, let's get right into the main event. We got Rafael Dos Anjos taking on Rafael Fazeev. Fazeev, the two to one betting favorite in this one. He is 9,000 over DraftKings. The return on Rafael Dos Anjos is 7,200. Should note, smaller cage, 25 footer as opposed to a 30 footer we saw last week. You know, when you think about RDA, one of the things I kind of think of is I think of whether or not he's going to be able to take this fight to the ground. Now, we have seen people try to go this method against Rafael Fazeev. Has not worked well. Um, when I was writing down some notes, watching fight film on, on Rafael Fazipi, one of the words I wrote, flexibility. Because, yeah. man, he could do that matrix move pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. I I love Rafael Fazif. I truthfully do. Um, an exceptional striker. And he, he definitely shows it every single time he's out there. And he also has developed some strong takedown defense. And that's going to be, uh, it's going to be needed especially in this matchup against Rafael Dos Anjos because Dos Anjos can strike with him, but he's such a proven veteran that he's going to test you in all areas. And, uh, you know, Rafael Dos Anjos definitely has an advantage over most fighters when he does take them down to the mat. It's just a matter of getting it to there. Uh, I think that Fazeev, for the most part, has pretty strong takedown defense as proven inside the octagon thus far, but he has not been tested in championship rounds so you would like to think that the later this fight goes, the more opportunities that Rafael Dos Anjos has to get him down, to control him, to basically win minutes out there and avoid the dangerous striking skill set of Rafael Fazeev. I have to tell you, like, I, I like the price point on both of them. So I'm favoring Fazeev in the matchup. I think that he's a difficult matchup for Rafael Dos Anjos. And I think it's a matter of where they're at in their careers. I do think that Fazeev's going to be tested and he's probably going to lose a, a round or two. And this could be a nail biter of, of a performance, but uh, at 9,000, I'm okay with getting to him because of his KO upside. 
Um, it's not like a, a smash play by any means, because if he doesn't find an early finish, does he necessarily pay off that price point? Not entirely sure about that, but I am backing him in the matchup. On the flip side, Rafael Dos Anjos, 7,200. I always say it every week, and Jason says it as well. Prioritize main event and co-main event underdogs when building lineups. Um, don't get too cute in some spots. I think that getting to Rafael Dos Anjos at 7,200, he's arguably Fazeev's toughest test to date. It's just a matter of does he implement the correct game plan. So his his style of wrestling and looking for takedowns and submissions favors DraftKings scoring system. So I'm going to get to plenty of RDA, but it's a Fazeev pick for me. Yeah, I mean, overall, I like Fazeev to go out there and win this matchup. From the RDA side of the equation is what if he is able to get the fight to the ground? How does this fight go with Fazeev on his back? Just because it's something we have not seen. You know, who is the fighter that's going to defend leg kicks better? I think when you think of both these guys, the leg kicks they have, um, you know, if anyone didn't see the Brad Riddell fight that Rafael Fazeev have, and of course, we saw it happen with Brad Riddell last week, uh, Fazeev lands a spinning kick where, I mean, Riddell's out on his feet. And, and kudos, I want to say it was Herb Dean was, was the referee for that one. Immediately knows this comes in to stop the fight because you could just see it. He he was out on his feet here. But like you just said there, I believe we have to if you're a multi-entry player, you have to look at going both sides of this equation. I mean, look, if you're you're a single entry, single bolt player, I do think you have to target this main event because of the 25 minutes, because I think that the probability, Pete, is this thing is going into the fourth round, probably the fifth round. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I like getting to it also because it's one of the fights that I'm most looking forward to. Um, main events tend to have more ownership. So I'm okay with getting away from it, but just given how I foresee this fight going, I, I think that it's going to be one or the other. Fazeev's going to be able to stuff the takedowns. He's going to punish Dos Anjos on the feet or Dos Anjos is going to be able to, uh, win some minutes, which will result in a, an elevated score sitting there at 7,200. So uh, I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait to see it. And I'm hoping that Fazeev pulls this off against the uh, the proven veteran in, in RDA. And the, the middleweight matchup in the co-main event, to me, piece of very intriguing matchup here. You got Kyle taking on Petrosian, 8,900 for Kyle, 7,300 for Petrosian. And, of course, you, we talked about this fight earlier this week over at Odd Chopper. And, and one of the things that you made a point, on this fight is potentially this fight hitting the mat and being an advantage here for the favorite. Yeah. So I, I really like Kyle Bahio. I, I truthfully do. Um, both of these guys are pretty big for the division and Kyle has some excellent footwork and some karate esque striking similar to Machida. You also said that it kind of looks like McGregor in some spot, some spots in his early career. And you're, you're right. He does. Um, he has very good hands, good combinations, but it's the, the grappling that I think is going to give him the edge in this matchup against Armin Petrosian. Petrosian can beat you up on the feet and brutalize you, as evidenced against Gregory Rodriguez as he started to work his way back into that fight. The issue is the grappling and how Bahio can control you on the mat. Um, certain fighters that Petrosian has faced in the, in the past, he's been able to get up against, but I, I do think that a guy in Bahio who's so position oriented can win minutes, win control time and look for a possible submission finish. Uh, I'm really, really big on Kyle Bahio. And I was in his Dana White contender series debut against Aaron Jeffrey. It was not a lethargic uh, performance, but it was 
I thought I expected him to uh, to finish Aaron Jeffrey there, and he took his time in some spots, landed three takedowns, 68 significant strikes. I can see a similar performance against Armin Petrosian, but I do like the price point of Bahio. I think Petrosian's a guy that we have to target when he's in a striking matchup. I just feel like the more well-rounded fighter in Bahio is going to be a nightmare for him. Yeah, no question. You know, the favorite is is a more well-rounded fighter. Uh, in this matchup, move on next up to a bantamweight matchup. You got Syed Nurmaga Madoff, who is 9,200, taking on Douglas Silva de Andrade at 7,000. Of course, uh, Syed Nurmaga Madoff uh, ha- does have a, a slight reach advantage uh, in this one. And, you know, I mean, I, th- I think that when you go back and, and there's tons of fights uh, in the UFC that you can watch with Saeed here. Uh, you know, primarily when I think of him, I think of a guy that's primarily going to want to keep it on the feet, but he's no slouch. This fight hits the mat. No, Saeed Namagamadov is a beast. I really like him, and I think that he's super dangerous, as evidenced in his most recent performance. I mean, he picked up a very, very quick guillotine choke win in 47 seconds against Cody Stamen. And uh, previous to that, he knocked out Mark Striegel in 51 seconds. So his past two fights, he's been a round one monster. Do I think that he, he gets Douglas Silva de Andrade out of there in round one? No, I don't, but I don't think it's impossible either. I think that he's going to be a little bit too quick for Deon Uh, His versatility on the feet, mixing in beautiful spin kicks to the body, and just having so many weapons at his disposal is going to you know, be a nightmare for Douglas Silva Deon a guy who I've backed in the past. And Douglas Silva Deon coming off of a, a nice come from behind win against Sergey Morozov. Morozov lit him up on the feet and rocked him. Um, and it looked like Deon was going to be picking up a loss DeAndraj rallied, um, hurt Morozov because he has dangerous power for the division and ended up picking up a nice rear naked choke uh, finish. I truthfully think that Saeed Nurmagomedov is one of the spend up plays of the week that I'm okay getting to. Um, the power of DeAndraj makes him live in a sense. I just think that the better fighter in 2022 is Saeed Nurmagomedov. And I think it's a perfect test for him. So 9,200 is fine. DeAndraj is super tough and always a cardio liability. So I like Nurmaga made up inside the distance. Yeah, I mean, I think the the longer this fight goes, the more I do favor Saeed Nurmagomedov in this one. I mean, look, you know, Douglas Silva de Andrade is going to have low ownership, but uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe you want to throw a pump play in there on him. I don't mind that, but yeah, I think the right call is Saeed Nurmagomedov. You know, really kind of probably the question comes into a roster construction aspect of you know how do you want to develop your roster? We're talking about some of these high end uh, fires that are going to be a part of this card. Next up, let's move over to the heavyweight matchup that I don't. I know Pete is so nice. excited to break this uh, one down for you. <laughs> Jared Vandera take on Chase Sherman. Jared Vandera, 8,600, 7,600 for Chase Sherman. I spoke to Vandera about two weeks ago. He mentioned that uh, basically he's had about two and a half weeks, three weeks notice in terms of this matchup. And, I mean, look, Vandera wants to strike. Now, didn't do that in his last fight, which, you know, I think we all, you know, look at that and go, why the hell were you engaging in a grappling matchup against Alexei Olenek? And, and when I spoke to him, I started to kind of try to allude him to the fact of is grappling going to be a part of the game plan? Because when Chase Sherman does struggle, it is because people are able to out grapple him here. And Pete, I'll be honest with you, I walked away from the interview thinking he's going to strike with, with Chase Sherman and hearing, and, and if he does that, Pete, I, Chase Sherman has got to be an underdog pool. Uh, you know, this fight is a disaster 
and it, you know, you know how to how to irritate me is just low level heavyweights and or low level women's MMA, where you know that there is so many variables and it's a high variance fight, right? Like so many things can happen here. Jared Vandera will outweigh Chase Sherman, so if he lands on top, I do think that Chase Sherman is you know kind of lost on the mat, and we have seen Vandera on Dana White's Contender Series look good in that situation if he was to ever go out there and say or have a strategy of implementing takedowns i would significantly favor him here against the one-dimensional chase sherman my issue with this fight is the fight iq of both guys so i truthfully don't know how to really say this other than i favor jared vandera just because i feel like he's a more well-rounded fighter that does not mean that he's going to use his well-rounded skill set. Mm-hmm. He could go out there and have a boxing matchup with Chase Sherman, similar to like of how Sean Strickland did against uh, Alex Perea. And it's just like, why did you do that? You were the mo- more well-rounded athlete out, out there. And now you're allowing him to pick up a win over you in his, in his comfort zone, which is not what we want. Um, my issue when I look at the stats is just the output of Chase Sherman in comparison to Jared Vandera. Um, Chase Sherman, 6.08 strikes landed per minute. Jared Vandera, 4.5 strikes absorbed per minute for Vandera, 4.7. And Chase Sherman, 6.3. These guys are going to punch each other in the face a lot. (laughs) So it's just a matter of who implements the correct game plan, who's in better shape. Uh, Like I said, it's a lean towards Vandera, but I'm going to be getting to Chase Sherman just because it's low-level heavyweights and literally anything could happen. Chase Sherman, like Jared Vandera's fight IQ in his most recent fight, against Alexi Olenek is just evidence enough that you can't trust him, uh, especially at his price point, but it's just a fight that I will be getting to. I mean, look, you don't trust either side of this equation. Like let's not kid ourselves here, but as we're developing lineups, it's a fight that might be hard to avoid because the, the likelihood is the winner of this match is probably going to be a hundred points. You tell me Shea Sherman goes out there and wins. He wins by knockout. I think he's over a hundred points. He's going to have a knockdown, you know, and, and the one thing is, and like you mentioned about the stats, now the strikes absorbed per minute rate is God awful, mm. but while that's awful, he also throws a lot per minute, you know? So like to me, like, and looking at, you know, the top fire tool and looking at the ownership on this one, I just feel like ownership should be higher than what it is. You know, I would, you know, I, to me, I want to get over the field at what we're seeing on ownership right now, just because of, I mean, look, it is low level UFC heavyweight action. We're not going to kid. We're not, we're not kidding ourselves here. We understand what it is, but to me, it's just a fight that I'm going to find myself wanting to get to. And of course, if you want to get access to that top fire tool, you got to sign up for a stochastic Plus Platinum Pass, you can get that right now over there at Stochastic.com. And we've got a great deal for you to take advantage of where you can get 50% off your first week of any package over there at Stochastic.com. Be sure to use that promo code MMA Strategy Show, all word, all caps, MMA Strategy Show for 50% off your first week of any weekly package. If you're only looking to play MMA DFS, that's great because we have a package there for you as well. You head over to our MMA weekly checkout page and use that code to get 50% off your first week of our MMA package. Again, this is for new users only. And of course, fancy cruncher is an add on. You can easily add it onto your account. So be sure 
Take advantage of that. If you've never been a Stochastic Plus member, take advantage of it. We got a UFC show every week. So you got to take advantage of that. Great deal we got for new users only. Get 50% off your first week of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Be sure to use that promo code MA Strategy Show. So everyone here at Stochastic.com knows you heard about here on the MA Strategy Show. Let's move on next up to a female matchup. And Pete, just kind of like the last matchup. Don't feel about, good about either side in this equation either. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo and Nina Nunez, 8,500 for Cynthia Calvillo, 7,700 for Nina Nunez. And it seems like more times than not, Pete, a majority of UFC cards, if you want to target the underdog in the female matchups, you're going to find yourself in a better position more times than not. For example, last week with Storylinko submitting uh, Rose Clark in, in the first round. Yeah, so... Bring it back a couple of years, it would be a Calvillo play all day at 8,500. The issue here is it's 2022, and we have seen Calvillo hit with some adversity within her career. She started off really hot and really, you know, looking like a not a maybe even a contender at, at times, right? Like she was able to incorporate good takedowns, and her boxing was always like, you know, her developing skill set. And it's like, okay, she can win rounds and win minutes and threaten people on the mat. It's just she's been uh, she's been hit with some some losses coming off of a uh, second round TKO against uh, Andrea Lee, first round KO against Jessica Andrade, and a decision defeat against Caitlin Chukagian. I don't think that this is an easy matchup, even though Nina Ansaroff um, is a fighter where um, we don't. There's so many unknowns, right? Like we don't know we don't know like what her training schedule is since she's become a mom. Uh, we do know that she has a significant other who's one of the best fighters of all time. So Nina Nunez has definitely picked up some skills from Amanda Nunez. And the one thing that I really like to look at, even if it's back in 2019, is her performance against Tatiana Suarez, who I view with such high regard. Um, and I can't wait to see her eventually return. Uh, Tatiana Suarez, four of 13 in the takedown department an absolute takedown monster. So the fact that Nina Nunez was able to defend, you know, nine takedown attempts from Tatiana Suarez, who I think is a better wrestler than uh, Cynthia Calvillo, gives me some promise and some hope in this matchup against uh, Cynthia Calvillo. So truth, truthfully, I have no issue getting to Nina Nunez um, at all at 7,700. I think that she's going to be able to be the better striker of the two. As long as she's able to win minutes on the feet by keeping it upright, I think she's capable of pulling off a 75, 80-point performance. So, um, if, like I said, if it was a couple of years ago, I'd be thinking Cynthia Calvillo would be taking Nina Nunez to take down City. Very well could happen, but I, I'm picking Nina Nunez here at 7,700. Of course, this is a matchup that's at 125 pounds. Personally, I don't think Cynthia Calvillo is a 125-er. You yep. know, when you look at her, I mean, look, if you tell me Cynthia Calvillo – can land takedowns, I think this is her fight to lose. Mm -hmm. If this fight plays out on the feet, I think Nia Nunez is someone you got to look at here. I mean, this is just ultimately, it's, I mean, look, it's it's volatility on both both sides of us. Now, I don't think there's going to be a ton of ownership on either side of it just because of that volatility of, you know, because probably it's, you know, good chance this thing goes 15 minutes. And, and so from the Nia Nunez side of the equation, if it goes 15 minutes, you're just hoping for a ton of volume. But if you're a Cynthia Calvillo, 
it's about getting the fight to the ground. And, you know, look, there, there's, there's a lot of questions with Cynthia Calvillo heading in this one. Where, where is she kind of at in this career? You bring up a great point on Nia Nunez about what, what kind of has been training life been like for her. I mean, I know she was a part, uh, maybe I'm one of the few people that's actually watched, watched a couple episodes of the Ultimate Fighter. Have you watched one episode of the Ultimate Fighter this season? No, I haven't. I don't even know what day it's on. I don't even know how to watch it. Um, and it's, it's a damn shame because I'm a, you guys know, I'm an MMA fanatic. I've been slacking. It's uh, it's on ESPN plus. Okay. Um, Tuesday nights, right? It debuts like Tuesday at like midnight. So you can pretty much watch it Monday night. If you're up, um, I know sometimes you might be a night out, but um, I mean, look, it's, you know, there's some fighters in there that I, I think that putting him on the ultimate fire was too soon, oh boy. especially if you win that show and all of a sudden you're in the UFC. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, we you know. yeah, it's, that was my show. I mean, Dana White's contender series has uh, seemingly passed the ultimate fighter from an interest standpoint. It's oh, no question. MMA fighters. The issue is, is like, I don't know, as a fighter trying to knock on the door for the UFC, it's the battle of do I just keep fighting regionally in hopes of picking up a contract without having to go to the contender series, or do I go to the contender series and try to fight in front of Dana White and win the contract? So, I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's a nice little debate because I don't necessarily know what the correct answer is. I think it depends on the matchup you get. Yes, exactly. I'm glad that you think the same way as I do. I don't think it's a, you know, you just got the call from Dana White contender series and it's like, you know, no matter what you, you know, cause sometimes we see fighters like Trevin Jones, right? Like I always use him. He got into the UFC by right place, right time going out to Vegas and just being around and staying ready. There are plenty of fighters who make it into the UFC that are not on the caliber of the people that are on Dana White's contender series. Yeah. I mean, and you know, this on the regional scene, particularly if you're the A side of the fight, you have a very good chance of getting the stylistic matchup that you want. You go on the contender series. It may not be the stylistic matchup you want. I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to put yourself in stylistically the fight that is going to work out best for you. You know, you maybe don't necessarily always want it to be if you're a striker to go up against a grab or vice versa, which Leads us into our next matchup, which is Michael Johnson and Jamie Malarkey. Michael Johnson, 7,100. Jamie Malarkey, 9,100. I mean, look, Pete, th this one is easy for me to break down. If you're Michael Johnson, just keep on the feet. If yeah. you're Jamie Malarkey, do not engage in a kickboxing matchup against Michael Johnson. Take, take Utilize your grappling. Get this one to the ground. I have interest on both sides, and uh, it's just because Michael Johnson's hand speed doesn't seem to be going anywhere and is excellent striking is always live to pull off an upset, especially against the guy in Jamie Malarkey who has been, you know, quite hittable inside the UFC. The one thing I do not like to see for Jamie Malarkey is 5.05 strikes absorbed per minute. So with that just right there and me knowing what type of, what type of fighter Michael Johnson is that 7,100 price tag for, uh, for Michael Johnson, I'm, I'm going to be sprinkling to that and getting to that in several, several lineups. But the more well-rounded skill set in 2022 for me is Jamie Malarkey. I think that he can compete on the feet as evidenced in his uh, last fight against Jalen Turner. And then prior to that, his back-to-back -back knockout wins over Kama Worthy and Devontae Smith. This kid Malarkey's got some great hand combinations. He really does. So he can test that chin of Michael Johnson, but it's the threat of the takedown 
and the takedown potential in this matchup against Michael Johnson. That really made me circle uh, Malarkey here at 9,100 because um, we have seen him take down his opposition in the past. Uh, Brad Riddell, he attempted 15 takedowns, landed only three of them, but went the distance with Riddell, landed five of 11 against Farazim. I just really like how he has options. And options are great in an MMA fight, especially on DraftKings at 9,100. So I'm picking Malarkey to win. But like I said, for underdogs, Michael Johnson, one of the guys I will be sprinkling in some of my lineups in case Malarkey gets clipped or is not completely healed from that TKO defeat to Jalen Turner. And and if you create groups over Fancy Cruncher and you're looking at a takedown group, Jimmy Malarkey has to be in that group. Because to me, it is the path to him going out there and winning this fight. I just, if the fight plays out on the feet, I mean, Michael Johnson at 7,100 DraftKings does stick out to me as as a cheap value play to throw in there just because of if he does go out there and win, I think it's going to be by stoppage. And you mentioned about it. That hand speed has not gone anywhere. He, he's mm-hmm. continued to still have the hand speed that he does have. Now, of course, this is the strategy show getting you ready for UFC Vegas 58. And do let you know about our sponsor prize picks. You can check them out over at prizepicks.com or you can download their app in the app store and they got their daily prop based contest. I absolutely love playing over there at prize picks where I want to play some little MMA, maybe this time of year playing a little MLB as well. But of course we're here to talk about the MMA slate they have over at prize picks. And of course, be sure to use that promo code awesome as they got a instant first match deposit of up to $100. So you want to put $100 in your, in your account? They'll give you $100. You only want to put $50 in your account? They'll give you $50. So you got to take advantage of that deal they have going on over there. And Pete, when I look at these props, the first prop I want to throw out to you is a fight that we haven't broken down yet. We'll get to it okay. here momentarily. And that is a fight time on Treshawn Gore, 12 and a half. And, and look, I know that recency buys is a legit thing when we think about fights. After seeing what I've seen from Cody Burns in his last fight, previous fights, I don't think this fight's hit in the third round. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I, I think that either Treshawn Gore is going to knock out Cody Brunge or Cody Brunge will utilize wrestling, get, get a TKO finished on the mat. I do like the under 12 and a half here on the fight time. Yeah, I don't hate it at all. Uh, I think that Treshawn Gore, I'm hoping that he's going to have a, you know, a better account of himself this time. He looked a little gun shy in his most, most recent one in his UFC debut. And I think it's a winnable matchup. I mean, you, you saw where Cody Brundage was, in a terrible, terrible spot, and uh, we'll get to it more. But I, I do like that under because I just view it as seeing one one way or another. Brunner's going to have his way on the mat or Gore is going to punish him on the way in. So uh, that under on the on the fight time make, makes a ton of sense. 
I know we both looked at the takedown prop of Jay Malarkey, and we're yeah. both kind of on the same page here. It's one half. We both like the over here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think especially early, it should be zap the gas tank of Michael Johnson and try to avoid getting hit with so many so many quick combinations. So the one and a half makes a lot of sense. Johnson's talented enough to defend some or get taken down once, back get back to his feet, uh, training at Sanford MMA. Uh, it makes sense that he's going to get back to his feet. I just hope that Malarkey takes him down again. So over one and a half is the play for me. Yeah, that was literally my thought when I initially saw that prop was like, I just need Michael Johnson to get up once. Yep. Just get up once, bro. Defend, get taken down, get back up. Let Jamie Malarkey take you back down. You're going to hit that over. Now, there is a significant strike prop that you mentioned to me right before the show that you like. It's actually going to be the next matchup that we're going to be talking about here of Ricky Turcos. 80 and a half. I like Ricky Tercios a lot this week. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big Sahabi backer. Uh, I've picked him to win in this most recent one, most recent bout. But I do think that Ricky Tercios is just going to be too much for him on the feet. Um, and just uh, as long as he keeps it upright, I think that 80 and a half significant strike seems high. But with the volume that he possesses and how tough Sahabi can be at times, I think he's going to smash the 80 and a half significant strikes. Yeah, the, the one thing uh, in terms of, and we'll start to move ahead now into this matchup with Zahabi and Ricky. Uh, Zahabi, by the way, 7,400. Ricky, 8,800. I've never been big on Eamon Zahabi. Um, and it's really just because of kind of a lot of things you kind of heard coming out of TriStar about what his brother really wanted him to go forward in, in terms of his uh, mixed martial arts journey here. But uh, it is a heavy price tag on Ricky, especially uh, looking at some of those 9,000 options I do like this week. I really, really, really like Ricky Tercios this week. Um, just because I feel like he might be, he might not be a popular play because, uh, you know, this fight could sneak it into decision range. Um, but with how that he scored 119 in his debut against Brady Highstand, where he threw 171 significant strikes, landed 100, um, also landed two of four takedowns, defended five, got a knockdown, got a reversal. This kid is points galore, and his volume is going to be the difference maker here. Slight reach advantage for Tercios, three-inch reach advantage over Sahabi, but a massive volume advantage. And I do think that as long as this fight's upright, Ricky's going to be treating Zahabi like a punching bag, just trying to avoid the big shot. So seven significant strikes landed per minute in, com uh, in comparison to Eamon Zahabi at 2.82. Uh, that is a lot. And I really like just the, the uh, possibility of picking up knockdowns and a finish as well. So 8,800 is going to be a guy, Ricky Tercios, I'm pretty confident is going to pick up the win this week. Uh, by the way, uh, note a uh, message over there in the chat. Thomas, uh, appreciate you uh, throwing some love for my interviews out there. Uh, Sanford MMA has rebranded as they have a new corporate sponsor. Sanford was a corporate sponsor previously prior to that. Uh, initially, back in the day, it was Jocko, the, which was a uh, apparel company. Uh, mm. So they went from, I think it was Jocko Hybrid uh, Training Center to black zillions to hard knocks 365 mm -hmm. to sanford mma and now to kill cliff fc annoying annoying did, did, I, I, did, did i good give a good breakdown of that's pretty good i mean you probably missed about three or four name changes in between <laughs> that because these guys are like make up your damn mind i understand money's money but goodness gracious uh 
I, I, you know, I don't know. I, until they change their Instagram, I don't know if they have. I'm calling them Sanford MMA. All right. All right. Uh, by the way, you want the funny thing is Jocko hybrid uh, apparel was yeah. like my second sponsor. Really? I, when, when I started I remember, MMA, I had a, I had a oh, apparel combat company club too. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Combat club. Yeah. That's job, yeah when, when I started, um, they were, I had a, a apparel company that jumped on board right from the start. I mean, gave me a nice check. Nice. Nice check. <laughs> it, it really helped pay for a lot of things at the beginning of this journey. And, uh, then it was, I had, I had Jocko and then, and then it's been a countless list, but yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, that's I, back I in the day, ordering. bro. That's back in that's that's circa 2012. I have some Jocko shorts just because of you know like following the team and all that. But yeah, I mean it's they're the same. I'm just gonna call them Henry Hoof's gym from now on. Hoof <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no question about that one. Uh, but by, by the way, speaking of my interviews, I did interview Jerry Van Der. If y'all guys want to catch that out over my YouTube channel, uh, new I'm next up to a female matchup. We got Antonina Shevchenko taking on Courtney Casey Shevchenko. 8700 KC 7500. I feel like a broken record here, Pete. When I say this, she's not her sister, she's not her sister, she's not her sister. Um, but I just don't know if Courtney Casey's got the grappling to take this one. That's the issue, right? Like, I'm not a Antonina Shevchenko guy, I'm really not. Um, and I think anybody that knows the sport now knows that she's nowhere near her sister, and the last name itself can carry some ownership you have to be careful whenever Shevchenko is fighting, right? Because in certain matchups, if her opponent has takedown upside, you want to avoid Antonina Shevchenko because Shevchenko off of her back looks like uh, a fish out of water at times. Although she can land takedowns of her own, right? I just don't like her in a situation like that. She's a, a phenomenal kickboxer in Muay Thai, like uh, Muay Thai fights has not really materialized inside the octagon. Like I don't, I don't watch her fight and say she's incredible on the feet. I think she's solid on the feet. This matchup against Courtney Casey should be a winnable one. I hold, I do not hold Courtney Casey in a high regard at all. Um, a little dangerous off of her back with submission attempts, but a fighter that's not going to test Antonina Shevchenko's takedown the fence. You would think Courtney Casey really hasn't gone the takedown well. And she's been in the UFC for quite some time. I mean, there was only one fight where she attempted uh, six takedowns, and that was against Angela Hill. And Angela Hill was only taken down one time there. So I don't necessarily think that this is a takedown city fight. This is a fight I might be a little light on just because I am favoring Antonina Shevchenko ever so slightly. But I really hate this fight from a DFS standpoint. Like, I, I don't really want to get to it um, if – Courtney Casey makes it into a, some of my lineups. I'm okay with it just because of the volatility surrounding women's MMA, but it's a lean towards uh, Shevchenko for me. Pete, I am disappointed in you. Why? What's up? You forgot to mention something. What? Armbar from guard, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said she's a little dangerous <laughs> off of her back, and that's definitely I, I thought here. she were. I was like, oh, he's, he's going to mention it. I'm like, is he having a brain fart? Armbar from guard is always live, um, especially when somebody is not the best in the grappling department. And Courtney Casey has picked up armbar wins in the past. Um, looking at the ownership, I'd say it's about right for both fighters. Like, I, I probably don't want to get over that too much. Uh, I'll probably be neutral to the field. And um, like I said, not my favorite fight. Armbar from guard. I think we should create that T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I definitely think we should as well. 
Oh, man. Yeah. Armbar from guard. Definitely live uh, in that one. Next up, we got a match that we previously talked a little bit about. Treshawn Gore and Cody Brunage. 8,300 for Treshawn Gore. 7,900 for Cody Brunage. I mean, look, if I'm Cody Brunage, the thought process has to be get the fight to the ground. So, after, you know, we all know what happened in his last fight against Dolce. I mean, let's be honest about it. There might have been some refs that came in and stopped that fight. I mean, it was not going well for Cody Brunage. Cody mentioned me after the fact that part of his mindset going into that matchup was that the fact that he wanted to he wanted to wear down Dolce and then take advantage of him. I mean, look, and he took advantage of poor fight IQ. We we both know that. Um, this is one that I think, and once again, as I look at where we sit here on ownership, it's it's nice on both sides as the equation. You know, look, do you feel great on either side of the equation? Probably not. But, like, I look at it and say, I could see Treshawn Gore scoring a knockout here. But also, I could see Cody Brunage utilizing wrestling and, and doing a ground-and-pound victory. Yeah, I tell you what, this fight is going to get some of my ownership just because I, I like the price point of both fighters. Um, I think that Treshawn Gore sitting there at 8,300, he has some upside. Cody Brundage being an underdog eight that under 8,000 at 7,900 makes a ton of sense. Um the, you know, the the saying of weathering the storm was on full display against Dolce Lungambula, but like he took that a little too literal and uh, he literally ate every shot from Dolce Lungambula and uh, some referees would have stopped it. He ate so many shots on the feet that Dolce was exhausted, shot a takedown, which was poor fight IQ and ended up getting caught in a guillotine and Cody Brundage finishing him. So, um... On the flip side, we have Treshawn Gore, who looked solid on the Ultimate Fighter, but seems to have that Tyron Woodley mental block of pulling the trigger. And I don't know what it is, but some fighters go out there and they're a little too gun-shy, almost like they're afraid of making mistakes or they're afraid of committing too much and, and entering into that zone where they can get clipped themselves or taken down. And you saw that against Brian Battle. It's like... Treshawn, do something. Let your hands go. Like, have some urgency. And when a fighter doesn't have urgency, it's a big red flag for, for me. It really is. And that's why Tyron Woodley betting against him was like some of the easiest money ever in the later parts of his career because he would back himself up against the cage and he would be defenseless and he tried to counter strike and just no volume, Tyron Woodley, no urgency at all. Treshawn Gore could have been just nerves. From his debut, I am going to favor him here at 8,300, but this is more of a gut play than it is anything from fight film. I don't like Cody Brundage from a UFC st- a skill set standpoint. I think that he has solid wrestling, but I do think that he's got some levels of quit in him, especially if Treshawn Gore is able to uh, butcher him on some takedown defense, uh, takedown attempts, and uh, especially on the feet. So I'm picking Treshawn Gore at 8,300. It's a lean, but it's a fight that I'm going to get to. And we talked about that last fight that he had uh, where he did take advantage of Dolce's uh, poor fight IQ and, and slowing down there. He only threw eight strikes in just under four minutes of fighting. So, I mean, that's something to kind of sit there. I mean, he, I mean, it just, it, it wasn't a great night. I mean, like you talk about weather and storm, like he weathered a hurricane, bro. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it just, I mean, I was just looking at the stats at Dolce landed 51% of his strikes and it just seemed like everything Dolce was thrown was just landing. But I mean, I think that this is a fight that you maybe have to sit there and look a little bit at uh, next up. We got a matchup that came together this week. David Onama initially on the car as initial opponent pulls out of the card. Now Garrett Armfield 
steps up to take this matchup here. Uh, Garrett Armfield, 6,900, 9,300 for David Onama. Uh, Garrett Armfield had a tremendous tweet the other day. Uh, yeah. Basically, he has been, he had been back. He, he had trains at uh, what the gym formerly known as Stanford MMA, I guess, until we we get uh, really in our our uh, our brain. I'm pulling up the tweet that he uh, sent out here. And uh, he goes, 12 hours ago, so this was on, uh, this would have been on uh, yesterday. 12 hours ago, I was feeding my parents goats in Missouri. Now I'm sitting in Las Vegas preparing for my UFC debut. Life is crazy. Life is crazy, and life can change in a blink of an eye. So it can be negative, it can be positive, and you just got to make the best of it. Um, I know that these guys are interested in getting back in the cage with one another because they have fought each other on the amateur scene where David Onama picked up a unanimous decision over Garrett Armfield. That was back in 2018. So now I'm interested to see what has changed in four years. I'm pretty high on David Onama, Jason. I really am pretty high on David Onama. And I think you are as well. The first thing about this fight, it's at 45. Mm-hmm. Garrett Armfield is not a 45er. Yep. He is a 35er. Mm-hmm. Now look, completely understand you're Garrett Armfield. Why you take this matchup? No question about it. You have to take the matchup. I, I totally get it. It's getting into the UFC, all that. You know, my, my fear is that when these guys step into the cage on Saturday night, that it's going to look like two guys that are two weight classes apart. Yeah. I mean, I really like David Onama. And uh, from a skill set, right? Like, we talk about the eye test, and I do think that David Onama passes the eye test. Um, I, I, I don't, I haven't really done a lot of research on Armfield yet. I will by, by the weekend have more, but anytime you're beating up Gabriel Benitez and finishing them with, uh, with punches in round one, that's extremely impressive, regardless of where Benitez is at in his career right now, debuting against Mason Jones, who is one of the best prospects in the, in the game right now, and having a super competitive fight on short notice was extremely impressive. So I really think that David Onama could break the slate and priced at 9,300. I'm going to be, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it, but I think he's going to be carrying some heavy ownership. I don't care though. I think he's going to be one of the best plays on the slate. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. To give you a little inside MMA business here, they're both represented by the same manager, which I always find very interesting in these short-notice fights uh, when uh, the, the manager represents both sides of the equation here. And uh, I was laughing as you were talking. Why is that? Did you happen to see what Tyler posted in the YouTube comments? No. Dude, if you are a goat farmer, 
you deserve to be bet on at that number out of respect because I had goats when I was little when I did 4-H, and we had a billy goat named Bob. I had to feed that animal with one of those mosquito tiki torches because it scared me so bad. I needed protection. <laughs> goats are terrifying, man. So so you're saying that Garrett Armfield's got got uh, got some courage, so so maybe yeah. he does deserve some some bets from us. Listen, David Onama is no Billy Goat. I tell you that much. Let me. That's all I'll say. I love it. I love the insight. And uh, you know, I, I'll let I'll let Tyler do his little Billy Goat betting on uh, Garrett Armfield. But from everything I've seen, I, I think David Onama is a strong, strong play this week. No, I, I'm with you there. Um, I, I think for me, it'll be more interesting to see what Garrett, uh, Garrett looks like when he's at, at 135. But I do think we'll see a sizable uh, advantage here. But I mean, look, you, you want to throw some punts on on Garrett Armfield, you know, because you're going to be highly different than the field, highly different than the field, um, as there's just not much ownership coming in there right now. Let's move over to Pete's favorite fight of the car, the 8200 8,000 fight. That'll be. Carl Roberson taking on Kenny and Jeku and Jeku A two hundred Roberson eight thousand. I mean, look when you, when you initially think of Carl Roberson, you think about a guy who a kickboxing background, but this guy he can utilize submissions, Pete. Fraud. Him saying he's from a kickboxing background and looking to grapple every every opportunity <laughs> is a big red flag for me. And Roberson's burned me in the past, but I've also bet plenty of times against them. Um, he doesn't look comfortable on the feet. And, you know, and he's lost via submission numerous times and most recently via TKO KO against Khalil Roundtree. My issue is that he's going up against a guy who I think is pretty underrated in Kenny and Jaquil and massive within the division as well. Six foot five versus six foot one, 83 inch reach for Njekwu and 74 inch reach for Roberson. So you're talking about a nine inch reach advantage for Njekwu in addition to having high volume. So five significant strikes landed per minute. I don't like how Njekwu has been finished in the past in pretty odd fashion against Jung, where it looked like an elbow split the guard and, and wobbled him on the feet. So that kind of looked oddly suspicious. And I was like, man, like maybe that elbow snuck in or he was mentally checked out of that bout. But rebounding against uh, uh, Nikolai Negumarianu was impressive. And I thought that he did enough to win that fight. 95 significant strikes over the course of three rounds, um, out volume uh, Nikolai and just looked looked to be battle tested. I don't think that Carl Roberson can deal with the length and the volume of it of Kennedy and Jekyll. And despite this being the Achilles heel for me week after week, I do think that uh, I'm, I'm going to be siding with Kennedy here at, at 8200. Yeah, I mean, this is another matchup. Low ownership on both sides of the equation, but uh, I think it's got to be a fight that, as we're developing lives. You got to be looking at it. Then our opening matchup of the night, you got Ryan Lawrence taking on uh, Kakmanov. Rachmanov, Kakmanov. I've interviewed this guy countless times. I always He goes by Yo-Keep. Uh, 7,800-8,400 for Ryan Lawrence. Look, Ryan Lawrence, takedown city. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited for this. For this fight, um, I, I can't wait to see them collide into the octagon because their styles are going to be extremely DFS friendly. You know, Ronnie Lawrence possesses skills in all departments. He has good volume, relentless takedowns. I mean, if you look at his box score, he's averaging nine takedowns per 15 minutes. That is absolutely insane, especially when he's landing 78% of his takedown attempts. 
So he has slate breaking ability and he's broken every single slate that he's been a part of. Um, he had eight takedowns against Vince, Vince Cachero on Dana White's contender, contender series, 12 takedowns, six takedowns against Mana Martinez, in addition to three knockdowns. But in the third round, Mana, Martina, Mana Martinez knocked him down twice. So now you got Sayed Yokub, uh, Kakar Romanov in here, debuted against Trevin Jones on four days' notice and submitted him via guillotine choke in round three. This is a guy who competed against Nurmaga Madoff and looked damn good. He has good wrestling, so and he has good hips. So I think that he can stifle the offense of Ronnie Lawrence at times. And I feel like he might have some knockout power as well um, and, and test Ronnie Lawrence's chin on the feet. I'm going to be getting to uh, Sayed Yokub here. And I actually think that he's going to pull off the upset against Ronnie Lawrence. Now, there's no way I'm, I'm going to avoid Ronnie Lawrence, given what he scored, 131 and 134 points. This is a fight I just circled. But at 7,800, I think Sayed Yokub is going to uh, – I think he's going to win here, Jason. I truthfully do, especially with a full camp. Yeah, the uh, I remember one of the first times I interviewed Sayed Yokub. He uh, he's initially from the Chicago area, so he did a lot of work uh, with um, – Blah Muhammad. Okay. And he's also been doing a lot of work out there at Team Oyama. And, and Team Oyama is one of these teams where, you know, they're they're very old school in terms of, of kind of their their training mindset. Uh, but but look, he is going to have to be able to stop the takedown. You know, Ronnie Lawrence wants to be able to take this one to the ground. And and when you talk with people who are around Ronnie Lawrence, they they talk about like, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. It, it because of when we're talking about mixed martial arts, when you have that ability to dictate where the fight goes, but Pete, you bring up the great point in, in Ronnie's last fight against Mono Martinez, he looks absolutely tremendous for the first two rounds. That third round. I, I, I remember after the second round, James Krause tells mom Martinez, bro, you're losing. You got to go out there and do some crazy stuff. And that's what he did. He went there and, and scored some knockdowns and, um, I want I want to say Ryan Lawrence had three knockdowns in that fight. As I yeah, recall. he did. Yep. I want to say yeah, yeah, had three knockdowns, had the takedowns. But I mean, look, if you're Saeed Yokub, you have to keep this fight on the feet. This fight can't play on the ground. If it plays on the ground, to me, it's Ryan Lawrence. And and look, you talk about a takedown group over in Fantasy Cruncher. Oh, yeah. Ryan Lawrence is one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, his style is DraftKings suited. It really is. And back in 2016, he lost to Steve Garcia who I think is solid, right? We, we've seen Steve look uh, look solid at times, um, a little underwhelming for large majority. So I do think that the skills of Ronnie Lawrence are incredible. I just question the durability to a point where Mana Martinez, um, in a fight that he was winning so handedly, chin-checked him twice in the third round. So I like Saeed Yokub. I like his price point. I like both guys. And uh, for 150 max, I, I don't think that I, I would be avoiding that fight. Before we get into uh, Sam's Super Chat, any questions that are in the chat, do want to talk about the Stochastic Hall of Fame. Of course, you've gotten that Stochastic Hall of Fame, just like one of our guys last week on the show, Richie, got in the Stochastic Hall of Fame last week. You got to be rocking that awesome avatar. Of course, finishing in the top three of a contest 
with over 5,000 contestants. Tweet your wins to at Socastic HOF. You win a free month of Socastic Plus Platinum. Of course, you can only win that one time per calendar year. And kudos to our guy, Richie, taking down the big GPP over there on DraftKings on Saturday night as uh, he was sweating it out because he didn't have anybody in the main event. So he was sweating that thing out, taking down 37,000. So Richie, Kudos to you, what you're doing. I know he is one of our premium members over at Stochastic.com. He's using those premium data and tools that we have over there. And, of course, I always talk about that top fire tool. Also, uh, give some kudos uh, to some other people that have gone into Stochastic Hall of Fame over the past couple of days. Of course, uh, my guy, Eric Lindquist. If you're not checking out his prize trick videos, you need to check him out because he is absolutely killing it over there. Also, kudos to Ken taking down second place in F1 contest. Dan taking down first place in MLB contest. Also, Wayne taking down first place in a MLB contest. Uh, so let's get right into uh, Samuel Super Chat. First off, we'll start with his over-under number. His over-under, we got 12 fights, is five and a half. Ooh, he's close. He is close. I'm going to say under. My man has been accurate lately. So uh, I'm going to say under. I'll go over. Okay. I'll go over on that one. Uh, top two cash plays. David Onama and Saeed Nurmagomedov. That's what I was going to say. Uh, GPPs. Now, there's plenty, right? Like, uh, Huffield Vizib with five rounds, RDA with five rounds, given their salaries, you have to kind of put them as one A, one B. Um, outside of that, there are some awesome fights. GPP, I think I would go Ronnie Lawrence slash Saeed Yokob uh, Uh Favorite are uh, also underdogs. In terms of underdogs for me, RDA has got to be at the top of the list at 7,200. I mean, we, we talk about this constantly about those fires under under 8,000, like who's the most talented fire, no question. Um, it's RDA. If I was going to look at a second underdog, God, man, I hate to say it, Pete. Chase Sherman. Okay. I mean. No, it's, it's not my pick for the fight, but in terms of from a DFS perspective as an underdog, if he wins, he's probably winning by knockout. Yeah. So from my, my two will be Saeed Yokob um, and Nina Ansaroff. And that's just you know, kind of not including Rafael Dos Anjos. Favorite inside the distance, I'll go with David Onama. I really like David Onama. Um, I really like Saeed Namargamadoff, truthfully. I think it. I, I mentioned it on our Odd Shopper video. His inside the distance is like plus 105 or something like that. I, I love it. He might be my top optimal play, Namargamadoff. It's a little tough now that Onama got added. I love yeah. Onama, but... Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait to start making some lineups in terms of, of leverage plays. I, I just think there's fights I'm looking at right now, Pete, uh, Vandera, Sherman, Malarkey, Johnson, Brundage Gore. Yep. I, I'm with you on that. Um, dart plays. I throw Michael Johnson as a dart I was dart just going to say Michael, Michael Johnson has to be a dart play just because yeah. of his hand speed and how hittable malarkey can be at times and he's just coming off of a knockout defeat to Jalen turner which was like four months ago so yeah. there was a long time jason when i said oh fighter was knocked out you know if it's under six months i'm, I'm just not picking them and that that rule kind of worked really well and i got away yeah. from it a little bit so uh, michael johnson's worth a dart throw thoughts uh this comes over from the score thoughts on value plays under eight thousand on a DraftKings single entry 
Yeah, so I'm going to say Syed Jokob just because I think that they're it's a competitive fight and it's going to bring the best out of both of these guys. Um, I don't mind a fight stack either, Jason. Like I, I made some lineups ahead of time and okay. I, I ended up stacking the main event just because I do think that it goes, it goes long. Um, Hafiel Fazeev could finish it. But I think if it goes five rounds, just the $7,200 price tag for, for RDA, if no other underdogs come through or very few, and it's like low, low scoring in a losing effort, he could do enough to, uh, to end up paying off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, the Nia Nunez under 8,000, I think is an interesting play over there. Um, yeah. Probably not going to get a lot of ownership. So you can kind of put yourself over there. And, uh, you know, Nick, I would agree. RDA is underpriced for, for what his abilities are. And I think the other thought that I have with that fight, Pete, is if you're RDA, you got to do something spectacular to put yourself in that vacant title fight conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you've got, you know, DeBronx, Islam, Michael Chandler, Raphael Fazeev's RDA. I mean, there's, there's RDA. kind of a, a cloud up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where if you're, if you're either one of these guys, where if you go out there and have a spectacular performance, you put yourself in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, look, it's tough. You're talking about like murderous row right there. Everybody's a savage and Michael Chandler having such a ridiculous knockout over Tony Ferguson probably gives him a lead over a lot of people. Uh, just because from a, a fan favorite, fan friendly type of style, people want to watch, turn, tune in to watch him because he brings the action. And, uh, you know, you, you have to do something, but it's it's very difficult to have these crazy performances when you're facing yeah. a stiff competition. That's why, like, when you see crazy performances happen at the high level, it's like, wow, you have to appreciate it that much more. Of course, myself and Peely back here on Saturday for a live before a lock. Appreciate everyone tuning in here. For the strategy show, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. That does help us a lot as well. Leave it if you're watching this after the fact, leave a comment below in the comment section. I always love to see those comments. If you're not subscribed to Stochastic right here on YouTube, be sure to do that. Of course, coming up uh, later on today, three hours from now, you got MLB Deeper Dive followed by MLB Live for Lock as those guys will get you ready for tonight's main slate of MLB action. And we will talk to you on Saturday. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.